What's going on? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs. This is your hobby content alternative, and I am your host, Brett McGrath. I collect sports cards and hope you collect sports cards too. I really enjoy talking about parallels that are near and dear to our hearts. Today, we're going to be doing that. We're riding the coattails of the finest gold X-Fractor conversation that we had last week with my man PK. And today, we're going 2010-2011 finest mosaic refractors out of 10. I got my man, Ben. You know him on the Instagram machine as Brooklyn Barry Bright. We explore the design, talk about its influence on other sets, and discuss why these cards have become such a chase card for player PCs. If you like what I'm doing, follow, subscribe, hit all the buttons. Most importantly, tell a damn friend that you're enjoying the Stacking Slabs podcast. Happy freaking holidays. Let's kick it to the conversation. All right. So we did the gold X Fractors last week. And as I was planning, I felt like this needed to be a part of the parallel series. And today's guest, Ben, you know him on Instagram at Brooklyn Very Bright, just came top of mind as someone who could help us talk about this. We are going to be talking about the two-year run of the finest mosaic refractors. Ben, welcome back. Happy holidays. How are you? Brett, great to be here, man. Uh, thanks for having me back again. I checked, I think the last time I was on was in March 2022, so a lot has happened since then. But uh, and I really appreciate what you're doing with the whole parallel series. I think it's awesome. Yeah, no, I was. I, I'm glad you checked that data point. I have so many of these conversations, and I knew it had been a while. But glad we are um, chatting today. So, like, finest has been the theme of the last two weeks, and maybe we just start here. It's the same question I kind of asked PK, and I'm just curious your perspective. Um, being us kind of being around in the similar collecting circles just seems like finest has such a strong, uh, it resonates with so many collectors and it has uh, such a strong backing from like the collector community. I'm curious, like, why do you think finest is so popular with collectors who kind of are in the shiny category who are around the same age as us? Uh, very good question. So I think, and first of all, I just want to say I have a bunch of finest gold extractors. So Thank I'm, I'm you. Talk, I'm talking <laughs> my book here, so to speak. But um, I really just like the the look and feel of them for certain years. Um, I think with finest, like PK said last week, they took a lot of risks on certain years, and some years they paid off, and some years they didn't. So for like oh two, oh five, and oh six, uh, those are gorgeous years. And obviously those years you have for 05 and 06, you have the gold X-Fractors number to 10, which I think is more of a chase card. And I think that's what makes those years very interesting on top of the design is that you kind of have this uh, goal at the top of the mountain to get one of those, you know, out of 10 gold X-Fractors. You know, with 02, you had the the gold out of 25 and the X-Fractor out of 20. Then you just had the base refractor. Um, and, you know, and I think also too, just from an aesthetic point of view, those designs are are just beautiful. I think even leaving aside the serial numbering of them, I think people would really gravitate to them just for the looks alone. And then obviously we're talking today about, you know, 10 and 11 mosaic refractors out of 10. 
Um, and again, I think those are, in my view, those are the main five years I like to focus on. 02, 05, 06, and then 10 and 11 for those parallels. So one thing that we were chatting about before we hit record that I think might be relevant for this conversation is just talking about maybe the, we're, we're talking, the series is like all these parallels, all these years, we're talking 90s, we're talking about ultra modern, we're talking about modern. Um, and we were just like, just remarking around like stuff we like and what we buy and just price points. It, and it seems like, like this year, especially the, some of the, like the 90s parallels that we've covered, like, you know, rubies and PMGs and that stuff almost seems like it's, from a price point perspective, have gone a little bit out of reach with what maybe you or I are comfortable with spending. Whereas maybe the mosaics that we're talking about today from like a price point value perspective, like if you're able to find the guy you collect and it pops up, like it's probably not going to break the bank as compared to like some of the 90s stuff. So like I mean, I think it would just be good to like, how do you think about like the different eras of collecting and parallels, what you're comfortable spending, what you're not like, how do you kind of process that as you kind of collect your different players? Yeah. So I think it's, first of all, it's just a big personal preference. Like everyone's position is is different and unique in terms of what they're willing to spend on cards. Uh, leaving that aside, I think that I have it kind of in two separate buckets. So I have like the late nineties stuff. Uh, with Manning, which I kind of basically have shut down and because I feel I've been priced out of that. And then with the kind of 2002 to 2011, that's really my wheelhouse. That's what I focus on ex almost exclusively with Manning with the finest stuff, um, simply because I feel you get a lot more bang for your buck in those years. Anyone who kind of goes down that path in any player, I think will agree that the late 90s stuff has gotten really pricey. Um, especially the past year, two years, uh, whether that is is natural or potentially artificially inflated, just leaving that aside, um, how much do you, are you willing to spend on a car that's out of 50? And you know, you can probably get for a fraction of that price, potentially a mosaic of refractor out of 10 for you know that same player. So I think it, it's really just like what are you willing to spend on the cards? And also, too, like I really do feel that these years of finest, you know, maybe 10, 20 years from now will be looked at with the same reverence as like some of these late 90s sets are looked at now. So when we think about the, I guess we're going to get into like your PC, we're going to get into like the influence that these cards, finest mosaics might have had on other sets. But maybe we just start with like the aesthetics, the look and the feel when you think about these cards, cause I know you have some in your collection, like how do they make you feel? And like, how do you describe their appearance uh, for the mosaic specifically yes. or just in general at the final? Oh, the mosaics. I, I love the mosaics. I mean, first of all, I was put onto these by like several other people, um, like Caleb power wheels. Um, like my, like he was telling me you need to get into these, like, since I got back into it. So, I mean, I think um, among the, the more seasoned collectors, these have always been, you know, like a, a set to go, a parallel to go after. I mean, it's basically the way to, I'm sure it's trying to describe in words here. It's kind of hard, but you know, I, I actually looked up the definition of mosaic and it's a picture or pattern produced by arranging together small colored pieces of hard material, such as stone, tile, or glass. And for the 2010 version, you have basically like squares throughout it. I would say for the, for like basically 70% of the card and the top and the bottom kind of have like 
I would I would like look at like like beam of light coming out like kind of etched into the card, and you have uh like for Manning you have a color match for his uh you know like the, the cults like so you have blue at the top, and then it's just really like a shiny silvery refractor, and you really just have to get one of these in hand. I know I'm not doing it justice describing with words, and then for the 2011 version, it's slightly different in that one the the picture is larger for the players. So for, for Manning, it's him handing the ball off to someone, potentially play action pass. You don't have the kind of beams of light at the top of the bottom. It's more just the the, the square refractor pattern throughout. Um, and then they also have like dimples throughout. So it's, it's basically like a very solid silver refractor. Um, you know, obviously much different from the gold that you cover with PK. Um, but again, I think whenever I look at my Manning PC, these are definitely cards that I always pull out and look at. Um, just because I, I really find them gorgeous, especially if you get them under a uh, the right light. You said something there about kind of like the tribal knowledge being passed down. You mentioned Caleb and Power Wheels. And I was like thinking about like my knowledge of these cards. And certainly like I can't I can't think of exactly what collector it was. It was probably like during a Decaptain showcase or something. But that was like my first exposure to these cards and I would never have known they existed because they just kind of sat tucked in those sets that I would say probably aren't the most popular finest sets. Uh, but it just seemed like based on scarcity and appearance, they've got like this cult following. So I don't know, like we, we say influence in the hobby and it's, it's always like shared in, from a negative perspective but it, I feel like with these cards specifically, and probably the gold X-Fractors too, like influence from one collector and passing the knowledge of those sets down, especially as so many of us have come back into the hobby like 10 years or more after these have been released have been like really important for us being able to like gather the information, enjoy the cards, and then like have a conversation like this. So I don't know, like with this set or just sets in general, how important do you think that is? Is like that tribal knowledge being passed down uh, from collector to collector with sets like this over the years? I think it's important. And especially in, in this case, it comes from a place of genuine love for the card and the parallel. I mean, you know, Caleb was collecting Brady and he was like, you have to get these cards for any player that you're collecting. And he's like, they're gorgeous. And obviously, like, you know, I've seen Kevin's showcases before. And, you know, I think it's very important just for, you know, like people have been in it much longer than we have, you know, they've been through all the years, they've seen everything. And these are the ones that they have chosen for themselves to be the most important. And all the time that may not be correct, but I think it's definitely a place to start and to look and to, and to research. And, you know, as soon as I got my first one in hand, I'm like, holy shit, these things are gorgeous. <laughs> you know, I need to track down. I think the first one I got was actually a Ladanian Tomlinson one in a Jets gear, which is disgusting, but I still have it. And then as soon as I got that, I had to go after the, the two Mannings. So we're going to talk. I, I've got like one of your pictures with all your sweet, finest cards up. And what I've never realized as being a Manning collector and looking at this photo is he is wearing the white jersey in all of the photos, which is crazy. I never realized that. Yeah, it's sweet. It's uh, th That's definitely by far my my most fulfilling hobby journey today was getting all those cards. It's uh. Those are my pride and joy, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, and I want to walk through that process because that is uh, not for the faint of heart. And I think people will be able to learn just in terms of, because in your post, you have called out collectors specifically who you've acquired these cards from, which I think is super cool. 
we're going to get to that, but I want to talk about like the years 2010 and 2011 specifically. I think uh, when people talk about their favorite years of finance, finance, we talked about this last week. It's like 02, 05, 06 are usually the ones get brought up, but you know, we don't typically talk about 10 or 11, but we are right here today. And because of these parallels. So I'm curious, just like, do parallels like the mosaics in these sets that aren't maybe everyone's favorites help elevate the set in your mind over a period of time? It's a good question. I think it depends on if, like for me specifically, I just do the specific parallel. I don't go through and do the entire run. Like I, I don't have any of the other, I don't have the gold or the red or anything for these years. But I think if you do are someone who collects all the parallels, I do think it would lift the entire set just to have this really nice one at the end, so to speak, because I, I agree with you 10 and 11, the other parallels are not my favorite years uh, for finest, but I, I do think in the long run, I, I would think the mosaics would help lift the set overall just to have these really nice, uh, you know, more scarce parallels, like sitting at the end of the ro- the rainbow, so to speak. One of the themes I think that has come up from all of these conversations, which again, like didn't realize it at the time until we started like exploring these paths is just like, the influence that is carried over from like one manufacturer to the other. And I can't help but like look at these cards and think about Black Finite and the shine and pattern or just like hell, Panini released a whole product called Mosaic where this type of appearance is featured. I don't know, like to me, that that means like, legacy that's even even though it's crossed manufacturers like how do you think about influence from like a parallel perspective when you start seeing it popping up in other cards like decades later i don't think it can hurt and my understanding too is that the you know in 10 and 11 they copied from the 97 set the 97 was it's kind of a funky year i don't really know it that well but i know they have the embossed version of one of the parallels and on uh, Beckett, it's described as being highlighted with the mosaic pattern. And if you look at that parallel from 97, it does look like the mosaic pattern from 10 and 11. So even that is, it seems to be copied from an older set. And I, I think just to have this continue in, you know, whether the Black Finite or the, mo- the specific mosaic product, I mean, I don't think it can hurt. I mean, I think it may bring people who are newer in the hobby, maybe collecting newer players, you know, back to 10 and 11. You know, if if they like the mosaic or the black finance of, of the present day players. You mentioned on 10 and 11, you have not like gone after the golds or any other parallels from those years. Maybe explain that a little bit. Is it the, what is it about those years and like a gold parallel that doesn't interest you from like a Manning or an LT or someone, some, somebody you collect? Yeah. So I think the, the main thing for me is I don't have infinite resources in terms of money to put into cards. So I really have been trying to whittle down my collection. So when I first started doing LT, I went and got, you know, all the parallels. I got all the golds out of fifties, et cetera. And then, you know, when I got done with it, I'm like, well, I, I like these cards, but I'd rather put, you know, say 10 of those into one that's out of 10 or something like that. So really it's just more of a, a, a money thing for me. And also too, I, I, like, I'm fine just having, say like 10 really super nice cards of Peyton or LT or, or Strahan, who's the third person at PC. I'd rather have just a small number of cards, which are, are more rare and scarce, as opposed to a larger number. That's just how my personality is built. We're like getting into like maturation of a collector type question, because I feel like 
we go through this like when I when I felt like I took the next level when I started collecting gold runs. And then you get to this point, you're like, I have all these cards, but then there's this other card that's more expensive. Then you consolidate because you don't have infinite resources. I guess like with the finest 10 and 11, the mosaic, like I guess ultimately what was it about those cards that like has left you with a, okay, this is a part of my core group of manning cards. This is not something that, I want to consolidate into something bigger too. Like, what is it about those cards that they're like your end cards for now? I think they're just aesthetically, they're, they're gorgeous cards. Um, they're, they're pretty unique kind of being a silver refractor and just that the pattern of them is very unique as well. And I think you really just have to hold them in hand to get a feel for them. And also too, just being numbered out of 10, it's really hard to get any player. So, you know, I was very ecstatic to be able to get both the 10, 11, four Manning. So I think it's just the, the combination of the aesthetics and then just them being numbered to 10. Like once you let go of something like that, I think it'll be very, very difficult to get it back. Uh, a question I have been popping up and share, asking with anyone is like on that uh, serial numbered count with 10, like is 10 too few, too many, or kind of on the money in terms of like what you like and what you think is like scarce or not? I personally like 10. Um, I think it makes it very, very difficult to get them. And that's what I, I like. I like the chase. You know, I think with 50, I think for mo for most players and, and, you know, the wheelhouse that we collect, you know, like a gold refractor at 50 will pop up once every few months and for, for any year, so to speak. So like given enough time, you'll get them, I think, pretty easily. But just like at a 10 or even at a 25 or 20, I think something like that makes it much more difficult. You know, for certain cards at a 10, I, I have never seen the 2005 gold X-Fractor Finest for, for Lydani Tomlinson. Uh, I know a single copy has sold uh, several times uh, on, based on car ladder, but I have never seen a copy of that card. I do not know a single person that has it. And I've been searching for, for a long time, like for three plus years. So I think just... I think that scarcity really makes it fun for someone who is willing to be patient and who knows, like, I, I may never get that card. You know what I mean? Like, like that, that's like that there's a, there's a high probability. I just never going to find it. And then when you do find it, I think it really just brings that extra satisfaction knowing like, Hey, this may be the only copy you'll ever see. Like we were talking before how, you know, for 06 gold X for, for Peyton, that your brother just stumbled upon one. Like, <laughs> Like, you know, super early in the morning. And I mean, that's like just, uh, I mean, that's so fortuitous. And and again, like that's, I think that's been the only public sale of that car in a long time. Um, you know, and I think that's what makes it fun. So I, I like it being out of 10. Kyle, I know you're listening and you know, I still want that card from you um, someday, huh? Um, <laughs> well, so well, I think I'm PS like... It graded PSA five, so I think that that degrades the value a little bit. I'm hey, it could be it could be PSA one, and I would still want yeah. it. Uh, um, so I think like I am back to like the ten count. Maybe it's because I came back and like prism cards were the cards, and like gold prisms were at a ten. Like I've been like I feel like I've just been so accustomed to like ten. Just seems like the perfect match to me. It's just like this this right amount of scarcity. Sometimes you don't see the cards, which makes you want it more. And back to like this conversation we were having before we even like started this, but you like see a card, like these beautiful cards, mosaic, finest refractors, gold X refractors out of 10. You haven't seen some of them makes you want it more, but then you see like these nineties cards where like 
whether it's rubies out of 50, you've got PMGs, you know, out of 150, and you see the price of these things. And sometimes it's just like, I don't know. It's like I struggle to correlate eras, pricing, and I'm always just looking at the print run. Like, I'm like, and I don't know if that's like right or not, but to me, I think it just becomes difficult to show out a few thousand dollars on a card that's like out of 50 when, you know, a year later it could pop up and, you know, go for half the price. And I guess that's the game we're playing with cards, but it's just something that I'm always trying to be mindful of is like, be thoughtful of like the scarcity and how many of these really exist. Yeah, I agree with you. I also want to clarify, I was messing with your brother. That that that, that gold X he has is such a clean copy. I have no idea why I created the five. That's we don't either. I've looked at it many um, times. Yeah. I was just, I was just messing with them and I, I messaged him privately about that. But um, yeah, I mean, I think with the late 90s stuff, it's just important to keep in mind that, you know, there are people involved in that era who, you know, like, like, listen, some people do it more for, for a monetary reason. And I think, you know, it only takes a few people getting involved in, in like certain sets to really raise the prices on them. So I think you just have to be mindful as to how much you're seeing these cards on social media, on, you know, selling platforms, things like that. And if you're seeing them a lot, then probably the interest in them is very high. And that's obviously going to just raise the price of them. So I definitely agree with you that, you know, I'd much rather have like a a mid odds card out of 10. That's like beautiful as opposed to paying like four to five times more for something that has, you know, 50 copies. I'm going through that right now with a stray hand. You know, I let my 98 PMG go to a buddy who was putting the set together and then he decided not to, you know, he dismantled that and I didn't want it back at the time. And I'm trying to get it back. And the guy who has it wants like, you know, an insane amount for any stray hand card. And, and he's just saying, oh, it's because of the set. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to pay that. But, you know, like that, that's what happens, I think, in these, these sets that get very popular among certain people. And I'm not trying to like put the tinfoil hat on and go down this lane. But this is just like it sparks some thoughts in my head where it's like with a card like the finest mosaic. I would be hard pressed for us to, and I knock on wood, but ever think like, you know, fraud, manipulation, price gouging. I, it, it seems like it'd be like really hard. It would be more difficult to do at the level of some of these 90s stuff, just based on the amount of cards there are. Like there's only 10 copies as opposed to like 50 to 150. And we've seen like the fake st- serial uh, stamps of the 90s. And again, I'm not like, trying to downplay the 90s parallels. They're gorgeous cards, but I just think it's something worth considering as we're going out and trying to build collection, player collections with these parallels. It's like, it's it seems to me today is a safer bet to go after some of these cards of players you collect when they pop up as opposed to just like backing up the Brinks truck for a card that the serial number might not even be authentic or not, you know? Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, listen, if you have something that has 10 copies, like there's certain cards where I know where, like, we you know, we all know in our, our paint chat who has like the other two or three. You know what I mean? So there, there's not many left. And, you know, I, I think part of the reason why, you know, these these late 90s cards are so popular right now, especially in football, is just because there are a higher supply of them and, and people can transact them more. And, you know, again, I think you just need to be careful as to why you have to think about, like, why do you like this card? Like, who who are you getting this information from? What are their incentives? Um, like, I think Charlie Munger said, you know, show me the incentive and I'll show you the behavior. Mm. And I think you just need to be very careful as to, you know, who you're getting your information from as to, you know, why you want a certain card. Like, just going back to when we started, like, 
when I spoke to Caleb about the, this parallel years ago, he was like, dude, you have to get this car. It's a gorgeous car. He wasn't trying to sell me anything. We were just in conversation. It was just a genuine interaction, just talking about his love for this set, which he had been collecting for a long time. So you, I think you just have to go back to that question. I love it. Um, let's get to your card. So uh, I want to like, I'm looking at your Instagram post of your, your six Mannings and I want to definitely focus in on the two mosaics and the story of acquisition, but like you have strategically put together the, this six pack that includes the O2 finest X-Fractor of Manning, which I own this card, one of my favorite Manning cards. I've said it till I'm blue in the face. You've got the O2 gold. You've got the O5 gold X-Fractor, the O6 gold X-Fractor. I'm like, this is incredible. I'm just looking at it as I'm O6 gold X-Fractor. And then you've got the 2010 and 2011 finest mosaic Manning. So awesome six pack, probably the pinnacle of finest collecting outside of the super fractors, which are next to impossible to get curious, like on the subject matter, like why has the mosaics been included in this? Maybe if there's anything you haven't already said, and if not, like maybe talk a little bit about your story to acquire those cards. Yeah, sure. I think the mosaics are in there just because they're aesthetically up there with 02, 05, and 06. I mean, I would put them probably slightly behind, but they're still really like neck and neck, just aesthetically looking. I mean, especially if you get them under the right light, you know, the etching, especially in the, the 2010 and the top and bottom, you can kind of see on the photo, like the sun, it looks like a sunrise, almost like sun rays. Um, and, and they're just absolutely gorgeous cards. And I think if you combo that with them being out of 10, that's a very nice combination. And even in like later, later years of finest, like I was debating, you know, like I have the 2012 Pulsar for Manning, which is out of 10. It just doesn't hit the same. Mm. And in, in later years of Pulsars, like they're, they're nice cards. They're just like not for me, so to speak. So I think the mosaics are like a perfect match for the for the earlier year gold extractors and and then the wow. two compared to 20. it's amazing my child hasn't made an appearance uh yet on the podcast we've got uh ben's mascot his dog making a quick appearance which is always uh welcome to we love pets here on the stacking slabs podcast um Don't. so you have next to the mosaics you have two former guests actually featured members of the parallel series Wordle Combat and Modest Card Collection. How, like you were just able to take pry these cards away from these guys. Like what what what's the story? Yeah. So with Paul, I just basically doubled him on 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 the on the 2010 because he had just gotten that from Gunther, and like that's when I that's when I found out about the parallel, and I had a few in hand. It's not a Manning, but of other players. So I'm like, I have to get this card. And I think I, I I pestered Paul for probably the better part of three months until finally. We disagreed on a price, and then I, I think I threw in some uh, rare LTs uh, just to sweeten the deal. But it, it took a while for me to get that from him. And, and my thinking was, you know, I really love the, the design, obviously, and just being at a ten, like I may not, I may never get another chance to get one. You know, like I know Kevin has one. I think Drake has one as well. So there's two right there. I mean, these things are just so hard to find. I'm like, you know, I'm I'm fine just, you know, paying up for it just to get it now because I may never get another chance. And the uh, the funny thing with the 2011 is that Danny actually alerted me to an eBay listing, and I just binned it immediately. And ironically, it was from a seller who 
I had messaged him before about the card and, you know, he wanted a very high price for it. I think it may have even been like as high as the Brady. And, you know, I offered him an amount and then he basically told me to go take a hike. Then he listed it on eBay for, for lower than the amount I offered him privately. So I just, I instantly smashed bin on it. And then I think actually he had a second copy, which he listed uh, later, like a, a few days later. And then Drake got that other copy. So it was nice that both copies ended up with uh, collectors. Shout out Danny. I feel like the last two cards I've bought on eBay have been DMs from him just sharing cards. So make sure you got to have to make sure you have friends who share cards for you because that's the best way to get cards. Do you have any other mosaics in your collection from other players you collect? Yeah, I, I do have one for LaDainian Tomlinson for 2010. He's in a Jets uniform. It's a, uh, I have mixed feelings about it growing up a Giants fan. But, uh, you know, I, I just can't get rid of it. But uh, I, I do have LT. Uh, unfortunately, Strahan was retired by that point. So he's not in 10 or 11. He retired after the 08 season. So, but yeah, or maybe retired in 08. But yeah, so those are the only three I have. Um, funny enough, when I first got in in 2020, there was an LT 2011 sitting on there on eBay for like a long time. But I, but I didn't know how awesome the set was. So someone eventually grabbed it for like 100 bucks. Um, and that's definitely one of my... Uh, regrets in terms of not you know bidding something immediately before we let you get out of here is there anything else specifically that we didn't mention that you want to make sure people know about about this set your love of it before we let you get out of here no i mean i think just you know i would try to get one in hand for any player just to so so if you're interested like if one of the players you pc is in either 10 or 11 i would definitely recommend trying to go after to the extent you can and maybe even if you just get like a rando common player, just to get the the, the card in hand, just to see what it's like. Because I, I really do think you you really need to get these in hand just to to really appreciate you know how beautiful these cards are. Good feedback in prep for this episode. I just did the old eBay search, and I I couldn't believe this card was sitting out there. Although it's kind of like your LT in the Jets, there was a 2011 TO and a Bengals uniform. And I was just like, man, there's there's something about, I know that's you don't think of TO and think of Bengals, but there's something about 2010, 2011, where you get some of these like later year Hall of Fame guys on different teams. And it's it's unique and fun on top of it. So I just wanted to call that out. And if you're a TO collector, pick up that card because it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, listen, you may you may never get another chance at it if it's you know being only out of 10. So I would I would act now, <laughs> assuming the price ben, is fair. Ben, thank you so much for coming on, recording this episode right before the holidays. Everyone go check out his page at Brooklyn Barry Bright. We'll have to do this again. Thanks, Brett. I appreciate it. Always enjoy chatting with Ben. I love talking parallels. I like these finest parallel series. What else can we do? Do we want to do the pigskin? Maybe we do the pigskin? I don't know. Maybe we'll go down a whole other rabbit hole. But I think this was a really fun conversation to close us out before the holiday. You enjoy it. Enjoy the time with your family. Enjoy the time with your friends. Happy collecting. And we'll be back and I'll talk to you soon. 